Hello, everyone. Welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here live on a Monday night, once again talking Georgia football recruiting with Trent Smallwood and Jed May. Uh, and guys, you can see it's a special time of the year. Over my shoulder here, you see the WWE Championship, uni old Universal Championship. The road to WrestleMania is going on. The Masters is in a couple of weeks. Trent and Jed are nerding out over MLB The Show coming out uh, tonight before the before the episode so we have a lot to be excited about here uh and we have a lot to be excited about with the interview we're about to have uh, in just a second but trent jed how's everything going it'll be going pretty good about three hours when i got a you know be the show fired up but no it's going good um you know recruiting's in full swing as uh as our next visitor uh will surely be able to tell us trent how you doing man good just waiting on to get jed's gamer tag so he'll uh start catching them l's tonight yeah, we'll have to we'll have to hear that. Uh, but without further ado, let's bring on the newest Georgia Bulldog commit class of 2024 offensive lineman in state prospect from Cartersville High School. None other than Malachi Tolliver. Malachi, thank you for joining us this evening, man. Yes, sir. No problem. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's, it, it's listen. It has to be kind of a whirlwind type deal. You've had a lot of interest in your recruitment, stuff like that. Uh, dogs get really heavily involved in January. Offer comes right there at the end of January. And then it didn't take long, man, a couple more visits, and this thing was wrapped up. So just kind of you and I talked yesterday. We had a piece mm -hmm. on the on the website. But just kind of for those who didn't see that and, and aren't kind of familiar with how this thing played out, just take us behind the scenes a little bit about how this Georgia recruitment and your commitment to Georgia went down. Yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> I went, I was there at Georgia. It actually all started uh, last summer. I went to a camp and then uh, I went to the Kent State game on a visit. And that's when I really started like liking Georgia a lot. And uh, they invited me to a junior day in January. And a little bit after that is when they offered me. I was like, uh, I got a feeling. I was like, I think Georgia's the place. It's going to be the place. So uh, I went back, I went back this past weekend. And I loved it even more than what I did before. And, uh, I told them I wanted to be in, and they were excited to have me. So I'm, I'm excited to be a Bulldog. Absolutely. Jed Trent, you got anything that comes to mind? I'm going to ask Malachi right off the start here. Yeah, I mean, I was I was wondering, being from Cartersville, did you grow up a big Georgia fan, or you watched on, on Saturdays? Are you not that big of a – because, I mean, some guys we talk to, they don't watch hardly any college football. I mean, what's, the, what's it been like, um, you know, following the Georgia program through your life? Yeah, so um, I actually didn't – I have I actually didn't grow up in Cartersville my whole life or in Georgia okay. really. I actually grew up mostly in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. That's actually my hometown. So, but definitely when we moved out here, Georgia was definitely a big a big uh, team. I was watching. I, me and my dad, we always watched football. Any football is on when I was watching it. So definitely Georgia is one of the teams that uh, we like watching. I mean, they're the best of the best. So, yeah, well, I mean. Uh you know, you're obviously uh, coming on a strong late. Uh, you received that Georgia offer. Uh, what, what, from a skill set, uh, skill set standpoint, what do you kind of think your strengths and weaknesses are uh, in your game right now? Oh uh, shoot, man. Um, I know I definitely play with a lot of efforts because uh, I play with a passion. I love this game, and uh, I don't let I don't let anybody get get over me with that. But I definitely feel like my effort and passion always shows on my film. And uh, I feel like that my footwork for the body that I have is pretty good. And um, I feel like that that helps me a lot with my game. And that's a big reason why I'm going to Georgia to play football. And they feel like that they can up that up my all my skill set even more than what it already is. Because, you know, there's always room for improvement. And they feel like that they can get me to the best possible O-line I can be. So. You mentioned uh, that body type, man. We have had that question since you've committed on our website. Yeah. What is his actual height or weight? Because different websites have different things. I'm, I'm assuming when you've went to Georgia, they've done you know official measurements stuff like that. What What are the official measurements? Tell everybody what you what you what's the measurement? What are you weighing in at right now? So uh, yeah, so Saturday they actually pulled me aside and a couple other guys over there and they got my height and weight. So my height is six six, and my weight was three ten. So that that's the official stuff right there. There you go. The, the, there is the official breaking height and weight of Malachi yeah. Tolliver here on UGA Sports. Everybody's asking. They've seen 6'3", some places, 6'5", all that kind of stuff. And that's – I tell people, you know, that's just because 
this guy's gone to different camps and done different things over the years. And hey, he's he's growing. He's still growing, you know. So do, do you feel like you've you feel like you've maxed out? You think you may grow another inch or two, or add you can add a little bit more weight, or what? What's your goals for that uh, as you as you you know head towards your senior year and go into college? Uh, no, I mean I'm not sure about growing. I mean, doctor hasn't told me I'm shot, so I yeah. can add a few more inches or whatever. But uh, with my body, I mean, same type thing. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to get any bigger. I haven't been told that it's not. But weight-wise, uh, if anything, trim down some because, you know, it's always good to trim down some of the unneeded fat or whatever, yeah. unneeded body weight. So, if anything, trim down, but obviously not too much and uh, build it back up. So, Absolutely. Jed, Trent, what else you got for him? Yeah, Stacy Cyril's is a guy. He's done this for a long time. He, I'm sure you've heard he's coached at Georgia before. Just what makes Coach Cyril's – um, different than than all the other offensive line coaches you've talked to, a guy that you want to play for uh, for the next three or four years? Uh, like you said, he's been doing it for a long – he's been doing it for a long time, and it, he has a lot of success in the way of um, producing guys that go to Lee. And um, like you said before, he was there a little bit ago before, and um, it's funny because – I was actually on a visit to a place and uh, I couldn't even I couldn't even leave the campus and he called me and we were talking and one of the things he said he said um, well I left Georgia a little while back and I would say that's one of the biggest mistakes that I've done in my coaching career so that means a little bit more to me you know him being at Georgia and now him like wanting to be there obviously I mean they're an elite football team and in my opinion there's no better place to be obviously. But um, I just love the way he coaches. Um, he went over that with me more on Saturday, and I saw it in person, obviously, because I watched him practice. And um, I just think he's a great coach, and uh, I think that's the best opportunity for me to grow as a lineman and a football player. Now, now let me ask you this. You said Coach Cyril said he, he felt it was a mistake leaving Georgia. Coach Kirby obviously went to Georgia. Coach McClendon went to Georgia. Coach Muschamp. Like, does – from having been to a lot of places, do you feel like – these coaches, you know, have a, a different connection to the school they coach at maybe than some other places you've been to. It's, it's, it's such a rare thing to see so many coaches who have either played at, attended, um, whatever the school that they're now coaching at. Yeah, no, I've been, a, I, like you said, I've been in places and I've seen some things and I feel like that is an important factor when it comes to, you know, the recruiting process. Cause like I, what I came to find out is you want to be somewhere where the, not only you want to be, but the coaches that you're going to be around every day want to be and the players that you're going to be around uh, every day want to be. And I feel like that, that is a big aspect of it, you know, having connections to the school or whatever. And um, so, yeah, I definitely feel like that that plays a big part in it. Just means a little bit more to the people that you're around every day. Trent, go ahead, man. Yeah, from uh, talking about recruits and uh, and uh, other targets that Georgia might have, uh, and I know there's a commit, uh, I guess commit text group y'all have. Uh, uh, have you entered that group and getting to know all the commits in the class, and um, and, and what other targets are you might be going after in the in this class? Oh yeah, yeah. So they actually they added me uh, last night, and all the guys were like, "Congratulations, best decision you ever made," and you know all that good stuff, and. Um, Definitely, I'm definitely going to be recruiting because uh, Coach March said recently, the past two years, they haven't had a top O-line class like they normally do, the classes that Georgia have the past two years. And he, he told me personally he wants to be focusing on that and get the get five really good dudes and build this O-line class up back to what it used to be. And um, he said he wanted me to be one of them, and that was a big reason or one of the reasons why I ended up doing what I did. And uh, I'm definitely going to be out there recruiting, you know, top linemen, and uh, any other players that, you know, they have on the list, we're going to go get them. I know you mentioned uh, in our interview, you mentioned big Daniel Calhoun specifically. So you guys are not too far uh, away from each other over there. You got a you got a good rapport with Daniel already. You guys know each other pretty well. Oh, yeah. No, that's my guy right there. So we actually, like, I knew him before, but we actually started talking a lot more. We met at uh, Velocity, and um, that's where we really started talking and hit off and then, met at UA camp and on a visit. And yeah, that's my guy right there. Um, I was talking to him uh, when I committed and he was like, yeah, man, I've, I've been liking him too. So I'm going to be recruiting him hard and uh, we definitely, I'm definitely going to try to get him up over there. I know that, that's my guy right there. So. Absolutely. What are maybe some, uh, you know, things, 
some goals that you have, whether it's with Cartersville or uh, personally as you head into this final year of, uh, of high school ball? Obviously, you got the recruitment piece uh, out of the way now, and you can just focus on senior year, but um, what are some of those goals you may have? Yeah, you know, obviously just like focus on being a leader of the team. You know, it's my last year, so bringing it on, you know, this is the where it really matters. And uh, this is the thing that you're going to miss, really miss when you grow older. So just taking it all in, you know, still grinding because work never stops. You know, you can always get better. So that's one thing I always try to do is, you know, make sure to keep that mindset and just grow as a leader and lead this team, you know, make a deep playoff run and hopefully we win, a, win the state championship. That's our ultimate goal. Absolutely. Y'all got Jed, uh, Trent, you got anything else you, you want to ask here? Yeah, this is something I'll, I'll ask guys in interviews. What's what's your favorite football memory? Is it a particular block? Is it, you know, did you got a, you know, running back memories from from your younger days? I mean, what what's your favorite football memory that you've had in your time playing? Well, sadly, I never got a chance to run a ball. So, oh man, <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, no, I don't have. I want to say nothing particularly. You know, there's a lot, so I, I want to say I have one in particularly that's my favorite. I have a lot, so. We got a question here from one of our YouTube guys. He goes, uh, "When are you going to make a recruiting recruiting trip to see Dylan Raola?" <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know if Malachi is going to be uh, traveling the country over there, but uh, but Andy Stowe is wanting you to wanting you to go after the number one re- quarterback recruit in the country. Yeah, no, I was actually so uh, he hit. Me, I guess the coaches gave me his number or gave him my number. He hit me up, man. I was like, "Bro, we need you. We need to get a number one quarterback, really number one athlete in the class." to the number one team in the nation. So that's another guy I'm going to be out there recruiting. I've already been talking to him, texting him too. So, No doubt, no doubt. Uh, I got a question in terms of uh, lifting in the weight room, stuff like that. What's your best lift? I want I did, I want to ask a specific one. What do you think you're best at? What, what, what kind of weight are you throwing around? Yeah, so uh, today we actually uh, – we were maxing on bench, and I feel like that's my best one is bench. And I, I threw a 405 today. So that, that's, oh. my, that's my best one right there. All right, so Malachi is going to be playing guard at Georgia. All right, uh, everybody get used to that because he's about to be pushing around some three techniques with one arm. I mean, my goodness, man, 405. Uh, I mean, was that was that something you had kind of jumped up to or have you kind of been at that for a while or what, what's that been like? Uh, it's been around there. Like, my last max was 385. Yeah. So, I kind of made a little jump. But uh, yeah, so it's always like that kind of pace, and if it's not, you know, one time you get you hit a flat line, sometimes you just gotta grind it out. So, four oh five, wow. Well, we we got uh, time for a couple a couple more here, uh, Jed or Trent or anybody in the YouTube. If I see a YouTube chat, I'll throw it up there. But Jed or Trent, one of y'all uh, go ahead. Trent, you, you got another yeah. one? Yeah, I got one. Uh, you know, a lot of offensive linemen these days you see as multi-sport athletes. Uh, any other sports you, you playing uh, or now or, or you know in the past? Uh, yeah, so, uh, I used to play, I used to, like, last year was my first year actually doing track, and I used to throw a shot and discs, but, uh, this year I, I kind of laid off of that, and I used to play basketball, like, I played for the team, uh, rightly, and things like that, so I used to play, but, uh, this year I decided, you know, try to keep my body a little bit more healthy, considering, like, recruiting process and all that, and, uh, just focus on football more, and technique, and strength, and all that good stuff more for football. Absolutely, absolutely, good. Yeah, I was going to ask you um, actually about another Georgia commit. Um, Sakovi White is is up at Cass, a pretty near Carswell. Do you know him much, y'all? I mean, he's another guy in this class who has kind of come on later in this thing, but he's another guy. I mean, you watch his film; he's a guy that can. You know, he's not the tallest guy in the world, but he can go up and get it. Oh yeah, no, uh, that's my guy right there. I know him. Uh, I talked to him before. We're not like really close, but I'm sure like now, especially we're going to get really close. Uh, I saw him. Well, the funny thing is, is he plays for Cass, and that's actually Carswell's rival. Oh, yeah. So, there's a little blood in there. But, uh, you know, one day, obviously, we're going to be on the same team and teammates, so it's going to be all cool. But, uh, yeah, I definitely uh, plan on growing my relationship with him more now, uh, especially since, you know, we're going to be on the same team. So, Anybody in particular trying to get up there and, and, and be your roommate? Uh, shoot. If I get my boy Daniel over there, that's probably going to be my number one right there. But, uh no one and no one in particular. <laughs> y'all, man, y'all both over three bills. Y'all be tearing bones up if y'all get in there. The, the restaurant. I, I mean, it would be it'd be ridiculous if y'all yeah. y'all are rooming together over there. But uh, 
Malachi, we appreciate you so much uh, coming on and uh, just breaking down your commitment with us. We'd love to have you on again, maybe after your official visit. Go ahead and tell everybody when your official is going to be and kind of uh, kind of that that deal for you. Yeah, so uh, my official visit is going to be uh, the weekend of June 9th. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what other uh, recruits are they're going to have their commission. They're going to have that that weekend, but definitely building bonds with whoever's there. And uh, yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, as we mentioned, we'll put uh, we'll we'll tweet out, and we've tweeted out before um, Malachi's ad on Twitter and all that kind of stuff, so you can follow him if you're a Georgia fan and uh, if you're watching this program. So, Malachi, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll we'll look forward to talking to you again. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Go dogs. Absolutely. That was Malachi Tolliver, the newest recruit, the newest commit for Georgia in the class of 2024. Guys, uh, you know, as we always do here, what are some things that kind of caught your ear there uh, in that in that interview? Yeah, one is is, you know, Kirby Smart came out and told him, hey, listen, our past few offensive line classes haven't necessarily been what they had been, I guess, in the early years of the smart tenure, we want to get back to that. And that tells you two things. One, Malachi Tolliver is, I mean, especially to be the first guy in this class, he's a guy that Georgia really wanted. You know, there's no, yeah, he's a three-star. He's, you know, he's he's not a, a, you know, ranked a top 100 player in the country. And that starts with me as I'm the the one responsible for the rankings. But, <laughs> but he's a guy that Georgia really wanted in this class to build this thing. And I think secondly, Kirby Smart knows – and, and we've talked about that on the show. The 24 offensive line class is a class where Georgia really needs to hit on these offensive linemen. And I think Kirby Smart is not to anyone's surprise, but he's he's established that this is a class that's going to be huge. So, he, you know, Malachi mentioned that Kirby said he wanted five guys. He's got one down. Um, and Malachi Tolliver, and like you said, with Daniel Calhoun, Jonathan Daniels, um, Jordan Seaton. I mean, there's, there's a ton of – Jaquan McCroy, who's another – you know, he's – 360 pounds out of out of um, Alabama or Mississippi there. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys out there still, and it's, um, you know, Kirby Smart knows the the importance of this class for sure. Salute, Trent. Yeah, I mean, not only how strong he is, um, putting up 405 is, is pretty crazy number. But uh, the fact that, you know, Kirby kind of sent uh, Dylan Raho's number to him and, and said, you know, talk to him, I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, and that I mean, they're, they're taking, uh, you know, we didn't think any different, but they're putting the, the full court uh, press on uh, Dylan Raul with, with every member of the class and then even, uh, you know, targets, missilence commits or something like that. They're, they're going all after him. Yeah, I mean, first of all, what you mentioned there, 405, I mean – it's not like, okay, when you're 6'6", six, six, all right, that's a long way for the bar to travel, okay? So it's a lot harder. We used to have a guy that was like 5'2", that set the bench record at my high school, where like you got to move it two inches. I mean, that's not, you know, his arms were so short, but Malachi is over here with long arms, and he's having to move that bar a long way. So that's some strength right there. That's why I think – I said maybe guard for him because he already told me, you know, yesterday that Stacy Searles was uh, telling him, "Hey, you've got the you've got the girth to play guard." And obviously, I did, I had no idea about that strength, Trent. Trent, but when you're evaluating the guard position, a guy that's north of 300 pounds that can that can have that kind of initial punch just with his upper body, let alone who knows how much he you know squats and power cleans. That's a that's a pretty Pretty impressive uh, prospect, and maybe one that's a little underrated. Jed, you need to get on that. <laughs> yeah, it's already in the comments down here. Got to have him down up to a four star by the morning. So, um, again, I'm the one that's responsible for that. But you know, I thought someone on on the board, I guess it was yesterday, was was mentioning that you know offers and stars and stuff or uh, stars for offensive linemen don't necessarily mean as much. Look at their offers, and you look at a guy like Malachi Tolliver offered by. Arkansas and Sam Pittman offered by um, Miami with Mario Cristobal and, and Alex Mirabal down there. So, uh, and obviously Stacy Searles, like you said, is a guy that's done it for a long time too. So um, some of the best offensive line coaches and minds out there uh, wanted Malachi Tolliver. And, and that should tell you about, um, you know, what his abilities, even if people like myself um, don't have him super high in the rankings. And, and obviously Georgia's the one that um ends wins out for him and is is you know he's got him as the as the building block to that offensive line class moving forward i just thought of something that we can get trending and uh you know we can i'm gonna put it on the vault tomorrow 
for everybody who's on Twitter. It's going to be hashtag blame Jed. Okay. <laughs> hashtag blame Jed is going to be trending before too long. We're going to get it, get it going here. But Trent, like I was saying, that kind of upper body strength, it could lend itself to him being a guard uh, for Georgia at the next level. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, I, looking at his film, he has a pretty good bend. Um, he can, he, he's athletic enough to get out and pull. Um, so yeah, you could definitely see Garden definitely with that strength that uh, you know he just said four hundred five on the max uh, today is is very impressive and um, you know and you talked about um, recruit the five star or four star or three star offensive lineman. It's all about uh, you know the upside and it's hard it's hard to project offensive lineman because every offensive lineman coming in besides maybe a uh, you know one a class are projects and uh, you know it's how they it's how they develop and it's how how their ceiling is, and uh, it's why you see a lot of guys, uh, even for Georgia, like like Andrew Thomas wasn't a five star uh, at Rivals, and he and he ends up being a first round pick. And you see, uh, yeah, there has been a, a couple of five stars, but uh, you, then you see guys like Xavier Trust and, and those kind of guys that are contributing contributing heavily that have really developed uh, on the field as they uh, as their careers have gone. So you really look for that uh, more high ceiling. Uh, then more so than, uh, you know, you don't see many guys that are just day one ready at the office line position. Yeah, which, uh, interesting note, Jed, I, you, you, you shared a tweet. You said uh, Connor Lou, someone that Georgia did, uh, you know, did recruit in the, this last class. Hugh Freeze is talking about him playing as a freshman. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know that, you know, that sounds great for – for Auburn right now, because Kirby Smart has been one to say, Trent, like you said, not nothing against Connor Lou, but just saying anybody, anytime you're having to start true freshmen in the SEC at offensive line, uh, you know that's that's not ideal. Yeah, and Kirby's that when you know with with, with Pittman and and now uh, with, with Friend and, and now Sarah, uh, Stacey Searles, uh, they've built depth uh, at the position where they have upperclassmen uh, and guys like. Uh, you know, this past class uh, or this this past year, they didn't have to start a couple of the young offensive linemen. Now you see Ernest Green uh, getting reps that, uh, you know, tackle um, maybe his sophomore year or his redshirt freshman year, whatever this is, might be uh, over the year that he comes in and starts. But uh, starting as a true freshman is tough, uh, especially at, at the offensive line position. Um, I think offensive line position is probably the hardest out of all the positions to start as a true freshman, um, in, you know, especially in the SEC. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Well, and Darren Frank says Van Pran started. Van Pran's also totally different. <laughs> okay, there's not, but I don't think he started year one, did he? He started as a redshirt freshman. Yeah, redshirt freshman. He didn't. He didn't start as a true freshman. But also, too, that's a guy that I think is going to play in the NFL for a long, long time. So uh, you know, I think that's that's a little bit different, different story there. I think old uh, Thunderthighs Trey Hill started. Um, uh, at when, when he was a f- true freshman but that was also that was also very early on in the in the kirby era too so that things have changed a little bit there all right uh so guys we're going to be getting to vault questions here in just a minute but um you know kind of before we do that let's let's hit some news and notes maybe from this past weekend, guys that visited Jed, uh, who are some guys you know that visited this past weekend uh, that you've either uh, heard things on or gotten to gotten to talk to? Yeah, I think the headliner is probably um, you know David Sanders, a guy we've written about recently, number uh, two guy now in the twenty twenty five class. And Trent, you saw him uh, along with Malachi Toller at that Under Armour camp in Atlanta, and he, dude's just uh, just a freak. Um, don't know what else to say about him. Jordan Ross, a 24 edge guy, um, was in town and I asked him, I talked to him, I said, What's your favorite part of the visit? And he said it was when Kirby um yelled at guys in practice for messing up. You know, he lets it know that he holds guys accountable and everything. So that's you know, that's usually guys say at the facilities or the photo shoot or you know, sitting in on meetings, or whatever. I never heard of the answer before. I thought that was interesting. Um Ellis Robinson was in town, a 2024 commit. Um yeah, a little bit of a, of a slower weekend on the visit front. I'm interested to see who all shows up this coming up weekend with um, scrimmages starting. And it's obviously not a game day, but um, it's also a little little bit more amped up than a practice. So um, a little bit slower weekend last weekend. Uh, we've got Walt Claire Flynn uh, from Grayson coming into town tomorrow. Um, 
And, and, and obviously Malachi Tolliver, as you mentioned, was in town over the weekend and, and committed uh, while he was in town as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely the, the big news there came, came out of that. Um, as far as a recent offer that Georgia has extended, he didn't visit this weekend, but Nate Frazier is a running back out of modern day high school out in California. And Trent this is a guy that's a 10, seven in the hundred meter. Um, you know, he's really very similar to Christian Clark. All of his offers have really come this year, not just from Georgia, but you know, from all the other schools that are pursuing him, Alabama, you know, Tennessee, everybody else has kind of jumped on since late January or up through, you know, this, this past week. So he said there's really no advantage of who's gotten in earliest and all that kind of stuff. He's still you're just being bombarded with offers and trying to sort through. But it's kind of interesting to see a running back, two running backs in Christian Clark and Nate Frazier now kind of capture all this attention late. Yeah, I mean, um, majority of these running backs, I mean, you, you think of guys like James Cook and, and those type of guys who were recruited since they were in eighth grade um, because they were they, they had been seen for that long. And, you know, you talk about a guy coming from a major day uh, out in California, it, that is a school that uh, puts a lot of D1 prospects in the, in the league. So you could see how a guy like a, like a running back could, could kind of fly under the radar because, uh, I mean – Guys like that at Buford or, you know, where they have so much depth, um, those type of kids fly up under the radar and they maybe might be late developers and you don't see them until their junior or senior year and then they just blow up and uh, this is the case here. But, yeah, George is always looking for speed. Um, uh, with, with speed and, and at the running back position, the wide receiver position, uh, you know, all the skill positions, they're looking for speed and that's – uh, one aspect that's really uh, not necessarily, necessarily changed, but, uh, you know, before they look for speed for track guys, and I think they're looking for speed for uh, pure football players and, and football speed now. And, um, you know, these guys definitely have that. No doubt, no doubt. I think that uh, Christian Clark, too, is a guy that, you know, people say what they say what they want. I think, uh, you know, I know there's been some controversy around, you know, Georgia and stuff lately with some, you know, behavior stuff and things like that. But I think realistically and honestly, there has been quite the emphasis put in the last few classes on trying to find character guys, uh, guys that, that are, you know, you're not going to have to worry about off the field and things like that. And I, I definitely think both Nate Frazier and Christian Clark meet that, that aspect of it. They check those boxes there. So, you know, definitely something to, to factor into the equation as well. Um, all right, so without further ado, guys, let's go ahead and get to the, the vault post. Uh, as we – well, before I do that, I need to mention that they've been on the screen the entire time, but we are you know, presented by Auto Owners Insurance in cooperation with Turner Wood and Smith Insurance. Both have been around for over 100 years. Life, home, car, business, whatever your needs may be, Turner Wood and Smith is going to provide you with – tremendous customer service and they're going to recommend the policies that work best for you and your family i know from experience my family uh you know it has business with auto owners and turner wooden smith for sure has uh helped helped us out for a long time as well so make sure you can uh, check out their urls in the description um, below and I need to change the crawler going at the bottom of the screen. There you go. It's presented by Turner Wood and Smith in cooperation with Auto Owners. So check those guys out today. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and hit the first one. None other than fellow WWE super fan Andy Stowe in here with us to start off with, Jed. Yeah, um, I mentioned three running backs in your article this morning as a potential second back in 2024. Referring to you, Blaine, uh, who do you think the coaches prefer? And then it's WrestleMania week. Who wins, Cody or Roman, Cena or Theory? So, Blaine, I don't know where we're going on the second one, so I'll let you take the reins. I mean, I mean, how can you go with anybody but Cody Rhodes? Got to go with Cody Rhodes. Got to gotta end the Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns went to Georgia Tech, right? That's reason enough. He's got to he's got to lose. So there you go. Uh, so Cody Rhodes, think he'll go over Cena. I, he's not a full timer, so they're going to go with Austin Theory. All right. So the backs, you, I mentioned Nate Frazier, who Georgia had just has just offered. I mentioned uh, Chauncey Bowens at Florida that that they're trying to flip. 
Georgia is, and then also Christian Clark. Listen, Jarrett Gibson is out there, but I think he's probably headed to Texas. Okay, I just don't, I just don't see Georgia. He's going to get an official visit, and Georgia has an opportunity to knock it out of the park. But I think Texas is going to be pretty aggressive nil wise there and things like that. And I just don't know that it's going to uh, pan out for Georgia in that in that end. Um, it, it's as far as preference, I think any of those three, uh, especially. Clark and Bowens right off the right off the bat here, Trent, I think would would be welcomed with open arms by Georgia. Yeah, and I think that would be a, a, a guy to to pair up with what they have already in the class. Um and and, and it would offset him uh, really well. So I, I would say Clark and Bowens are probably one and two. Um, you know, I'm not sure how the pecking order goes as far as um the coaching staff's pecking order, but I think uh, from a realistic standpoint, and uh, um, you know, who could eventually end up class? I think those are guys that are one and two. And yeah, and I mean, it's it's Cameron Davis too, like you said, Blaine. I mean, you mentioned Jared Gibson, but like it's it's it kind of feels like if he hasn't flipped from Florida State by now, like is he ever? Um, he'll be back on campus in Athens at some point. Um, Georgia, he, when we talked to him at Under Armour, he seemed like Georgia was had a pretty decent shot of getting an official visit. But with what Florida State's done to keep him in the class and obviously the success they had last year, um, that's going to be tough. So, like, you know, three guys, if you gave me – if you said pick, you know, Bowens, Clark, or Frazier, and then, you know, you've got the field, I think it might come from one of those three guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. All right, let's go with uh, the next one here, Jed, from Darth Janus. Yeah, saw a prediction for Zion Reagans to UGA out on the interwebs. Have you guys heard anything about him? Love his speed. Thanks, go dogs. Yeah, I would just say take into account the source of that prediction. Uh, not always the most accurate. Um, and then, two, uh, you know, you always got to be skeptical when it's somebody from a flyover state that is projecting for somebody that's from the state of Georgia that's not even really being recruited by the same schools so I, I have no idea where that came from uh but trent i don't know that i think zion reagan's is a guy that that obviously is tremendously talented um i think georgia might be starting to look for a little bit different body type here at, at wide receiver I, I, I i'm not ruling it out but i'm just thinking there might be a little bit of change in how this uh, wide receiver room is constructed going forward yeah, and the, and the past couple of classes, they've got a lot of, uh, you know, those slot-type uh, speedy receivers, and, 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 you know, even in this class. And I, I think you have to look at, um, you know, the, with all the outside guys uh, that they've had on campus, the five-star guys, and and even um, some highly rated four-star guys that Georgia's had on campus here lately, the Jeremiah Smith and, and, and those type of guys, uh, that's who they're really, uh, you know, focused on as far as trying to fill the numbers in this class. Because because it's a it's more of a scheme fit and what they're trying to do. Um, you know, you got you got Lad McConkey out playing wide a lot, and uh, you know I think they want to get uh, some bigger guys, some bigger bodies out there that can win one on one battles. And I think they have a lot of those, uh, um, you know, slot speedy guys in, in the past couple of classes. Yeah, I mean, Bragan's, like you said, Blaine, he's tremendously talented. I think his biggest calling card has been his speed track star at Jones County, but he's he's awful small. Um, and and listen, like every every time someone says a guy is too small, then that's when they go on to to have a Tyreek Hill type career or whatever and, and be an NFL Hall of Famer. But um I mean, like like you said, Trent, when you look at the guy, I mean, Yazid Haynes is is a little more slightly built. Not small, I wouldn't say, but what's more slightly built. Um, Anthony Evans, more of a slot guy, I would say. So but so you look at the guys that George is looking at, whether it's Mike okay. Matthews, Jeremiah Smith, um, even Aaron Butler is probably more of an outside guy. And so those are kind of the guys. And, and Sakobi White is already more of a slot guy, I would say. Um, Amari Jefferson, who George is after. Um, could be used inside or outside. So um, he's a tremendously talented player, um, like you said, Blaine. But I, I think Georgia is looking at some other guys maybe more heavily than um, than Zion Reagans right now. Yeah, I mean, if I had to go Georgia or the field, I would just say the field right now. Right. Not saying that Georgia's out, out of it. Not saying that Georgia's not still communicating or in touch with or, or 
or pursuing. I think all that is still going on. But, you know, there's just at the end of the day, you can only take probably four in this class. And I don't know, there's some there's some very interesting names out there and some developments that could could occur that would entice those names uh, going forward. And, and right, one one other thing is uh, going back to Mal- Malachi Tarver's, um talking to him earlier was the fact that he said uh, Kirby said he wants to get the best five offensive slime in this class. That pretty much told you that where Georgia's head at is in this yeah. uh, class as far as number wise uh, is that five. Yep, appreciate it, Malachi. Thank you, man. <laughs> always always great. You know that's like when uh, Raola came on here and told us on January thirtieth. Yeah. Uh, when Munkin leaves, Bobo's going to be the next offensive coordinator. <laughs> he just told us, thank you, appreciate it. We broke the news. little scoop, grazie right there. I appreciate that. All right, uh, Minnie Mo comes on here and says, any further insight into Williams' Wannery recruitment? Timeline on visits, decision, how he feels about UGA. I think he may have the highest, highest ceiling of anyone in the class. Jed, any, any update on uh, Wannery? I know he was, he was in town um, recently. And, you know, for a while, it's kind of been viewed that Oklahoma kind of the team to beat for him, but is Georgia starting to, you know, gain any ground there? Yeah, and he was at Nebraska this past weekend um, as as well. So, uh, I mean, Georgia's right in there. I mean, I think if he put out a a top five, a list of official visits uh, tomorrow, Georgia would probably be on it. But I think they're probably, like you said, they're probably looking at some other schools. When you look at that edge room, there's still a lot of – um, there's a lot of not not work to be done, but there's a lot of names out there. Whether it's Jordan Ross, like I mentioned, Dylan Stewart, Christopher Jackson, um, from Tucker is a guy who's blown up. Um, I mean, there, the the list goes on, and a Booker Pickett is a guy out of out of Florida that's really talented, kind of like a receiver. There's so many talented guys are after some names kind of slip through the cracks. So, um, there's a long way to go there. I mean, will he'll be a name to watch through the summer, see if he does end up getting back for an official or anything. Um, but kind of like you just mentioned with um, with whoever we were just talking about, if you had to pick Georgia or the field, I'm probably picking the field with um, Williams right now. Yeah, it's a it's a deal where too, you know, as successful uh, as Uzo Deribe was in his first class, the guys that he brought on, right, uh, Damon Wilson, Samuel and Pimba, Gabe Harris just a stacked class. And then of course you got Michael Williams and Marvin Jones, who Georgia's planning on being there for another two years. I mean, even Jalen Walker walks outside and plays edge rusher from time to time. At some point, Trent, uh, you might become a victim of your own success and people using that to kind of negative recruit against you with saying, Hey, that go look at all those studs. They just brought in at edge. You know, you, you may have a little bit more opportunity to get on the field right away over here. So I would imagine some of that's going on in uh Wannery's recruitment. Yeah, that's 100% happening um, because uh, that's what happens every year. When, when Georgia has an elite class at a position, um, you're going to get negatively recruited the next year because they're, you, they're just going to tell you, Hey, look how long it's going to take you to get on the field. Uh, I think Georgia's done a good job of being able to, uh, counter that with the fact that they're putting these guys in the NFL in the first round um, got like inside linebacker. You might have to wait your turn for a couple of years, but look what, look what the end result is. So um, they've had, they've had a, done a good job countering that, um, that, that negative recruiting, but uh, you, you're still going to see it year in and year out when Georgia has an elite class at a position. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Interesting uh, question here that many will find interesting from jar 52, Jed. Yeah, does your team, I guess we're a team, so congratulations, guys. Think that Mike Matthews will be in this class, uh, reading where he's pumping up Bama's class. If, if Georgia gets Riola, we might sign guys over him. Yeah, I don't I, I, don't, I don't see Mike, William, uh, Mike Matthews coming to Georgia. I just I just don't. I mean, I'm always going to try to keep it direct and real with people, and I just I, – I don't, I don't see him coming, coming to Georgia. I think that there's – I think there's some interest there, you know, but – I think the the talk and communication with Alabama, USC, Tennessee, Clemson has just been a lot more uh, lately. And listen, let's be honest, you know, it's out of out of park view, and there's not been a a ton of success from uh, Georgia in that particular area of the state. So, guys, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um... 
you know, there it, it seemed like Georgia has always kind of been in the same position in this recruitment in that it's been around, it's it's been near the top, but they've Georgia's never really been considered um the front runner in this thing, whether it was last summer where it kind of felt like Notre, Notre Dame had the edge because because they got in early on on Mike Matthews when his recruitment blew up. And now, like you said, Blaine, it's USC, it's Tennessee, it's um, you know, Clemson is, has built some momentum there. So um like you said, it's not impossible. Um, Georgia, I, I think, should get an official visit. Looks like they will, um, but it, it, it's going to be tough with with the ground that that Tennessee and some other schools have have. You know, they've kind of leapfrogged Georgia in this thing. So um, they've got the work cut out of him. And he was in, he was in town on Thursday, and it's never a, a bad thing to have a five star on campus, right? Um, but it, I think the staff's going to have their work cut out to um to pull Mike Matthews out of Parkview. Trent, I, I also, you know, don't think that people can – I mean, you know, we do have to take into account if Georgia is able to get Dylan Raiola committed and, and sign Dylan Raiola, then, you know, that would that may weigh into somebody like Mike Matthews' decision-making, but it just it certainly sounds uh, right now that he's he's thinking a lot about other places. Yeah, and we have a prospect like this from the state of Georgia every single year that we kind of, you know, get that feeling about. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of um, direct insight uh, on that, just other than, uh, you know, what what we're feeling, what we're from what we're we're hearing uh, just around. And I think uh, him in particular, I just feel like he's, you know, never prioritizing Georgia as a as a favorite. Um, Never, if there's two places to visit, he's always visiting the other. Um, and that, that just kind of, you know, it smells like he's he's headed elsewhere in this recruitment. You know, things can obviously change. It's, it's March of uh, 2023 and a long ways to go. But uh, as of right now, I think uh, I would bet uh, the field against Georgia. Our good friend Jim Donnan says, follow the visits, follow the visits. And uh, I just don't know that those are going to end up playing out in Georgia's favor in that one. All right. So, uh, but I do think to what you said, uh, Jed, and, and what the JAR 52 said, there's also the factor that there's some, there's some really big fish out there at receiver that I think Georgia is trending north for in a hurry. So I think that you got to take that into consideration. So there, there's two sides to every coin on that one. Yeah, and it, it's crazy because we talk about it every week. Like, like okay, say Georgia takes four receivers. You've already got two really good ones in Nassar and Sakovi White. Yeah, so – and, like, okay, there's Ryan Wingo, five-star guy. Georgia's getting an official. Jeremiah Smith uh, looks like Georgia's getting an official that first weekend in June, um, trying to pair him up with Raiola. And then you got guys like Aaron Butler is, is a really good player Georgia's in good shape for. Amari Jefferson, who I mentioned earlier – uh, Josiah Brown, a kid out of New York that the Georgia staff is very high. Like, there's so many guys all over the place. It's hard to imagine, whether Mike Matthews is in it or not, it's hard to imagine how, like, this isn't probably the best receivers class Georgia has, has signed under Kirby Smart, at least in, in several years. I mean, it's there's so many guys out there. All you need is a couple couple of them to, to finally jump on board, and this is, this is one heck of a class coming in. Well, unless you include – uh, Rara Thomas and Dominant Lovett as transfers in this class with the freshman they brought in because Trent, this one was pretty strong with what Brian McClendon already added. Right. Yeah, and I think McClendon is going to continue to to grow this room. Um, you know, Georgia's had. You know, Georgia's not known as a, a as a wide receiver school. You know, they 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 don't put the thousand yard receivers and all that stuff. But Georgia's become a passing team over the past couple of seasons, and I think you've seen that. I think recruits have seen that. They start started to take notice, and and especially um, you know seeing two of the top uh, wide receiver transfers coming to Georgia with uh, McConkey coming back and and Bowers coming back. That just shows uh, you know what kind of reputation you know behind the scenes that, that recruits and and other teams are seeing uh, you know Georgia trending towards uh, in on the offense side of the ball. You see, uh, Harry Leg here says, I really need a stellar OL class to keep the big machine coming down the tracks. Well, that's what Malachi Tolliver in the interview told us that uh, Kirby Smart said that, that, you know, they need to raise the standard a little bit with the offensive line recruiting. So that's being communicated. So there you go. 
uh, on that end. Now, here we got next question here is from KSDJ1869, Jed. Yeah, David Sanders was in town this past weekend. Any update on how his visit went? Uh, Jed, you got anything on the former number one prospect in 2025? Now you decided to drop him to number two, so that's your decision. But anyways, uh, what, what do you think, Jed? Right. I mean, Elijah Griffin's up to number one now. How can I, as the Georgia analyst, not have the Georgia guy number one? Um, no information. I mean, it, it's not a shock that that uh, a top two guy in his class is, is tough to get in touch with. I tried to reach out to uh, David's uh, father the past couple of days, haven't heard anything back, so we'll keep working there. But um, what I do know is, and Trent, when we talked to him at, at Under Armour, he's very high on Georgia. He's got a, a long-standing relationship with, with Stacey Searles, going back to his days as a as a rising high school freshman. I think he said so. Um, and he said, "Look, when Georgia, like everyone on the on the vault, remember guys like when Stacey Searles is hired, everyone's like, oh man, Georgia's offensive line recruiting's about to go in the tank.'" David Sanders, like, yeah, that boosted Georgia up in my eyes because I've I've had a relationship with Stacey Searles for a long time. So, um. Obviously, got to see Coach Searles practice or conduct a practice over the weekend, and I'm sure that was good for him. And, um, you know, Georgia's right there in it. I mean, they're probably top three, top five for sure. And obviously, there's a long way to go for him, but uh, Georgia's right there in it. I'd expect to see him back in the summer sometime, and um, and we'll go from there. But, yeah, like, I mean, Trent, you saw him more uh, up close than I did at Under Armour. He's – He's he's he, he's 270, which it's weird that he's 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 that dominant at that weight. But he's he's absolutely the, the number one offensive lineman in that class for sure. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen uh, a body type like he has an offensive lineman because seriously, when he walks up, um, he he doesn't fit in with offensive linemen. Like he you, you look at him and there's the the whole crowd of offensive linemen. You know, there's six four, six five, six six, three twenty, three thirty, and this guy standing there like he's a I tied in in the offensive line group, and you, you just kind of look at him. You're like, this guy can't be serious. Like he's not. And, and then he gets on the football field, and he's just like throwing people around. Uh, he's throwing 320 pound, uh, you know, guys around, and and, and you definitely ain't going to beat him with quickness. And um, and and I was interested to see what how you know how he's going to stand when when somebody tried to bull rush him, and uh, and, and he, he stood his ground, and he actually um, you know pancaked that guy too. So. Um, he, he's definitely a, a special, uh, a special prospect, an elite prospect. Uh, his length and his athleticism is, is second to none at the position, and um, uh, he's definitely he's definitely fun to watch. And he's going to be, uh, uh, you know, he, a top two player in the country throughout this whole thing, in my opinion. A couple uh, YouTube questions here that I'm gonna hit real quick. Uh, John Adams says Dylan Raul's biggest follower impact. Would be USC, UGA, USC, Nebraska. If he chooses, I mean, you know, anywhere he goes, he's he's gonna have a have a big impact. Um, but I uh, guess it will also be which schools would take those that he wanted. Imagine UGA is tougher, uh, tougher to get in. Listen, I think the names you got to watch out for if if uh, Dylan Raula ends up, you know, committing to Georgia is, is Jeremiah Smith. Receiver currently committed to Ohio State and and Ryan Wingo, um, maybe also I mentioned uh, you know Cam Cam Coleman mentioned him in my my vault note this morning in the war room that he's got a Phoenix City he's got a couple of a uh, couple teammates already on in the Georgia program and uh, former you know Phoenix City players in uh, in Jackson Meeks AJ Harris so you know there's there's ties there there's connections. Um, but I definitely think that receiving room could definitely get a big, big boost if that happens. Uh, Redo Fly says, "What's going on with Dylan? With Dylan Stewart, Edric Houston? I think when it comes to both of those, Jed, you're just going to have to wait uh, after and see how the official visits go. I think Georgia is assured to get an official visit from each one. Uh, they're both tr- priorities. You know, Trey Scott with Edric Houston, uh, Uzo Deribe with with Dylan Stewart, and I think it's just going to come down to how does that official visit go and, and is George able to, to close strong at the end? Yeah. I mean, if you put a, a gun to my head and said, okay, you got to go out of limb and say, George is going to land one of these guys. I'd probably pick Dylan Stewart over Edric Houston. Um, just because 
I mean, with, with Edric George's battle in Ohio State, and Ohio State just seems to be constantly doing enough to keep Georgia at arm's length with Stewart. It, it's Georgia and South Carolina, and Shane Beamer's doing good things to that program, but I think also when, when push comes to shove, you know, uh, Chidera Uzo Deribe is going to be able to point out, hey, you see Nolan Smith going in the first round this year? You see, you know, Robert Robert Beal being being drafted this year? You see all the guys that, we, that we've sent to the NFL? That, that could be you. I mean, I, I would very much expect when, when Nolan Smith hears his name called by the Falcons or, or whoever else in that first round, Dylan Stewart's going to be getting a phone call from Kirby Smart and Shadar Uzadaribe from uh, Kansas City saying, yeah, dude, this this could be you. So um, I, I think Georgia, George, like I said, Georgia's right in it with those two guys. I would probably give him a little bit of a better shot with uh, Stewart than, than Houston has it right now. All right, just John four nineteen says it seems like the twenty four class is all about offense, but who are some really talented defensive guys we should be watching to join the class outside of the obvious KJ Bolden's? Well, Trent, we already mentioned a couple of them there that Georgia's heavily after Edric Houston, Dylan Stewart, and he said outside of of KJ Bolden, um, of course Sammy Brown. But I mean, any other guys that that come come to mind in terms of on the on the defensive side, target wise. Yeah, Justin Scott, uh, the the five star defensive tackle uh, from Chicago, is going to be taking his official visit in the summer. Um, Justin Green, I, Justin Green, yeah, absolutely another another one of those edge guys that that Georgia's that Georgia's in on. He's very high on Georgia too. Um, he's got an, he's taking an official visit official visit to Athens, I think, right, Trent? An official uh, yeah. visit. You went Snoop Dogg on us right there. An official visit. Yeah, official. he's taking an official visit. Um, yeah. He, he he hasn't have he doesn't have a plan yet. Um, what he told us at the Under Armour camp, but uh, uh, he was looking towards uh, a summer official visit, and uh, he said June likely. And I mentioned the first week of June. He said that's a possibility. So um, there, there's no concrete answer yet, but he does plan on taking an official to Georgia. Okay. So um, I mean, I think everything. I mean, you look at what the secondary is between Demello Jones, Ellis Robinson, um, Jalen Hayward, those kind of guys. Um, I mean, secondary is already pretty loaded. Um, I think, I mean, Christopher Jones is a guy that, that Georgia is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you look at inside linebacker between Christopher Jones, they just offered um, Chris Cole on a visit uh, last week. And, and when he says, look, he, when I spoke with him, he said, Kirby Smart sees my ability as limitless. And that that's a quote that catches your eye from a guy, obviously, and Kirby Smart has been, who's been doing this for 20 years and knows what he's talking about. So, um I think those two, it's going to be interesting to see how inside linebacker shakes out. Obviously, there's Sammy Brown, um, who Georgia's kind of battling Clemson and some others with. So, um, as, yeah, as far as, I mean, I guess the, the tone of the question is kind of under the radar, guys. I'd look at, like, Christopher Jones, Chris Cole, uh, those kind of guys. I'm, I'm really interested to see how things shake out with him. Yeah, I'm going to put this picture up. This is Edwin Spillman, a linebacker uh, that was in town this weekend. You look – I mean, you look – anybody that is pictured – Beside that smiling mug there of uh, Glenn Schumann, the other the other uh, schools that are you know recruiting him have to start hearing you know Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins over there because Schumann reels people in. You know, I mean that's just that's just what he does. Uh, so I think that um, you know you, there's so many linebackers. He's he's out of the Nashville area, um, you know, and we're going to be talking talking more to him about that visit here soon. But just all kinds of names. I think the defensive side of the ball is far less settled, except at defensive back, than than on the offensive side. I think the offensive side, the the targets are a little bit more clearly defined. Jed, yeah, because obviously we've got all these receivers. You got the kind of inner circle running back, uh, Dylan Raiola, Obviously, I mean tight end. There's a, there's a few names. Whether it's uh, Colton Heinrich, Amir Jackson, who's visiting this week, or this weekend, I should say. Um, I mean, offensive line is still a little murky, obviously, with Malachi, Malachi Tolliver on board now. Um, but, yeah, defensive side, there's still a lot of offers. I mean, you think of guys in last they year. They had Coy Beasley in at, at, from, yeah. uh, from Cincinnati this weekend, who we yeah. haven't heard a ton of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, I think, you think of guys in that last defensive class, whether it was – I mean, Jamal Jarrett kind of came on sort of late. Jordan Hall kind of came on sort of late. Um Daniel Harris was a guy that Georgia got in on. Kyron Jones was 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 really late. So, um, 
and, and obviously that happens on the offensive side of the ball too. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, once we get into the summer and these camp offers start going out, um, how that board might change up a little bit. Trent, it's not it's not impossible that they get Colin Simmons uh, back in you know in town, and Colin Simmons may even take an official visit to Georgia. You know, they're still in contact contact with him. Yeah, and his first visit, or you know, this past visit to Georgia was a um, an eye opener. He 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 raved about that visit to Georgia, and um, you know, if Georgia can continue to get him on campus, um, you know, Georgia could definitely pull the upset on that one. Um, so th there's so many factors that go into this, and especially with out of state prospects, that you just have to continue to get them on campus. You have to continue to build those relationships. And, um, you know, we'll see who Georgia gets on campus, you know, that and during the June months and July months, and that, that'll be a big factor moving forward who, who Georgia's able to land because that'll be the guys that, that Georgia starts prioritizing in the fall. No doubt, no doubt. Um, we got one more question, and then I want to throw a quote up uh, from Nate Frazier that'll be coming out on a story uh, tomorrow that I think everybody will like, but uh, alumni or UGA alum 95. I'm hearing some good things out of the Albany area about the possibility of UGA flipping Cameron Davis at running back. Thoughts on that? I mean, I just, you know, it's hard, it's so hard to predict guys flipping away. I mean, like we we say all the time, until until they break away from the school they're currently committed to, I mean, you can't just, you know, there's not a whole lot of speculation you can put into it, but. Jed, I can't imagine that Georgia's start to the baseball season has uh, helped him out any. Uh, not especially, no. Uh, um, but, I mean, they're they're trying as hard as they can, man. You got Del McGee texting Davis every day. You got Kirby Smart texting his mom all the time and, and building that relationship. I mean, Georgia is, is pushing as hard for Cameron Davis as they probably are uh, anybody else in this class right now. So, um, I mean, dude's been committed to Florida State for two years, and that was that was through some some rough times uh, down there in Tallahassee. So now that he sees the light at the end of the tunnel, and, and Florida State's kind of on an upper trajectory there in the ACC, uh, it's hard to see him flipping away now. But but Georgia's going to fight this thing all the way to the end, and and you can't rule it out. Georgia, of course, would be happy to have him, whether he flips tomorrow or you know December fifteenth. But it's it's going to be hard to get him out of Tallahassee, I think. Yeah, and to, to end up here, going to talk a little bit about another running back, Nate Frazier, that we mentioned earlier. He just just got a offer from Georgia. He's looking to get out for a visit, an unofficial visit. Uh, then, he, then he's going to decide where his officials are. He's getting interest from Alabama, Tennessee. You know, all schools all across the country are coming after him now. And I was talking to him about, okay, being from California and – uh, Peyton Woodyard, things like that. And he gave me this quote right here when he was talking about Peyton Woodyard. He was mentioned, you know, Georgia being DBU, but he said this. He said, Georgia is the DBU school, RBU school. Georgia is a place where, you know, every position on the field is going to be a good player. So they're literally the university of football, I would say. That is a strong quote that I have not heard. They, he called Georgia the University of Football. So instead of going DBU, RBU, he just said U of F, meaning University of Football uh, for the University of Georgia. And I guess, listen, when you've staked claim to back-to-back -back national championships and you've got eight returning starters on defense and a ton on offense, uh, you can, you know, that kind of that kind of puts you in that in that air there, Jed. Yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to argue with them. I mean Georgia's putting guys in the NFL at every position. Um, they like you said they won two national titles. They're what thirty and one or twenty nine and one, whatever over the past two years. It's 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 hard to argue with Georgia as the the preeminent program in college football right now, and that goes from on field, off field. Um, you know, someone posted on on the vault today. There was that. You know, recruits say Georgia's got the best facilities. I mean, it, it, it's rolling right now. Um, so, University of Football, I think, is a it's a pretty apt description, I would say. Absolutely. Well, uh, guys, stuff coming up on the site. Uh, if you or if you didn't check it out, Jed put out a great piece on Carson Beck, a, a, a really in depth piece on kind of what he's been through so far. Uh, so that you need to make sure you take time to read that. Brent Rollins put out a great piece on Cedric Von Prahn. Uh, you know, we've we've got Coach Donnan's show tomorrow. Uh, we'll have my show with uh, TK and Noshan 
on Wednesday night. And I'll go ahead and announce right here, Wednesday night, we're going to have uh, a special guest. Uh, David Pollock's going to join us live on uh, on Wednesday night. So that'll be fun. Uh, talking talking a little bit of Georgia football and SEC football with uh, Tavares, Noshan, and and Pollock on there. Three Georgia legends uh, be on there with us. So, uh, as always, guys, hit that like button right now. Uh, there's there's hundreds of you in here. Go ahead and hit the like button right now. That helps us out a lot. Uh, subscribe if you hadn't already. We're almost to that almost that thirty six thousand subscriber mark. We're trying to get up to. And we, I mean, by the time football season's over with, we want to get to 50,000. We want to have a lot of people going on here. And the more people that like, the more that algorithm goes. So uh, just really be doing that for us, and we appreciate it. Uh, Andy Stowe pointed out that Ed's article was great. Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, so, you know, as always, we'll be here live next Monday night. Uh, I got to go catch up on Monday Night Raw. I mean, I'm missing it over here, but I've been trying to, you know, catch glimpses of it while the show's going on. I got a nice tag team match going on. Guys, you're going to watch WrestleMania. At least tell me you're going to tune in to watch WrestleMania. If you don't watch any you can you can put down MLB The Show for just a little bit and watch some WrestleMania, okay? No, nah, man, I'm going to be grinding through AAA with the career mode. I'm not going to have time for WrestleMania by Sunday. We're going to be <laughs> we're going to be trying to get to the show, brother. We can't can't be wasting time on Sunday for that. Oh, goodness. Uh, there's no hope for him, Andy. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried to put him on here. Uh, but for Trent Smallwood and Jed May, I am Blaine Gilmer. We'll catch you guys on next Monday night to talk more Georgia football recruiting here on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. <laughs>